the first step is to start down, meaning get up, stand up on your feet, get a pen, get a paper, write down, I am going to change my life, period. Post that up on your refrigerator and let's start. Welcome everyone to The Ultimate Shift. Join Ephraim Glick and leading figures in business and entertainment as they share their stories of regular people overcoming tremendous obstacles only to achieve happiness, success, and fulfillment. Are you ready to make the ultimate shift in your life? Welcome back to the ultimate shift. My guest today is nobody other than the one and only Mr. Derek Billups. He's the owner and the founder of City Fit Concierge. He's a personal trainer, a group instructor. Derek moved to Nashville a couple years ago from Virginia, where he played uh, NCAA college basketball and studied psychology. He has built one ultimate powerhouse of fitness here in Nashville, and I've always been amazed at all the different places you go to. His company is just everywhere, in the apartment complexes, the condos, the commercial industry. He has uh, won the Nashville Scene Trainer of the Year for three times. He's been the runner-up in the Nashville Fit Magazine. He holds his personal training certification from NASM along with his 200-hour RYT certification. This guy is the ultimate powerhouse. I have just been blown away watching him, getting to know his story, and I'm so excited to bring him on so you guys can get to know what makes the man who he is today and what motivates him to just keep putting his all in every single day and giving life everything he has. Okay, so today we have Derek Billups, and I've already introduced you. Yeah, appreciate uh, you, brother. There, so, but I'm going to let you introduce you. Yeah. So, what makes Derek Derek? What hey, makes guys. you who you are here in Nashville? Absolutely, guys. I am Derek Billups, guys. I am a son. I am an entrepreneur, God-fearing guy. Here in Nashville, I've built a career through fitness and wellness and through networking and building relationships. And yeah, the I'm not planning to stop anytime soon, for sure. Um, Ephraim's a great guy I've known probably for the last four or five years now. Four we've years, think, just yeah. seen each other in the community and we've respected each other's hustle. And yeah, we're at this point where he's got this awesome podcast and I'm happy to be a guest and hopefully I can shed some light and add some value. That's the goal is to always add value so absolutely yeah okay so i don't know how much i went into depth in the introduction part but you have built a i call it an empire here like so so every single place i've ever lived mm. in nashville yeah has had city fit mm. on something so you're going into these uh, apartment complexes condos whatever and you have a team of people and you're training whether it's groups or individually yeah how did you get from uh, Virginia yeah. to here to what was the first thought? Was it, did you know that's what you wanted to do? Well, no, I actually didn't know what I wanted to do. I actually left Virginia without graduating from college. Uh, my senior really? year, I actually went to school for four or five years and there was something happened my senior year where I just wasn't able to finish essentially. And there was a time where I could have went back, but it was also a time where I was had the opportunity to move down to Nashville with a lady friend at the time. Okay. And for me, I just wasn't motivated. And my parents looked at me funny, friends looked at me funny. You're so far, you're so deep into the process. You gotta finish, you gotta finish. And for me, something else was calling me down 
in Nashville and it was kind of the energy it possessed and I felt mm -hmm. like I was ready to go hunt down the dream, to hunt down a goal and then I could always go back to that. So that's kind of what like got me here in Nashville and mm -hmm. like why I'm moving on the trajectory I am. But yeah, man, that small decision was a was a big decision. And a lot of people actually don't know that, but that's something. I didn't that, know that. Yeah, no, something, I no yeah that's something that um, I want to start pushing more because it's the unconventional way of doing things and that's mm -hmm. kind of the way I move anyway. So. To say that you need a four-year degree or a five-year degree, whatever it may be, to be successful or to um, figure out exactly what you want to do, I don't believe that's true. Mm -hmm. It's true for certain people, but yeah. you have to find your road and your destiny and yeah. your route. So, yeah. So when you were, say, upper teens, what did yeah. you want to do? Where did you think you were going to go in life? I thought I was going to the NBA. Really? It's like a lot of young African-American men that are, yeah. that are playing sports because that's what we see. That's uh -huh. the, the people that look like us. Those are the... The rich, quote yeah. unquote, the football players, the basketball players. So mm -hmm. for a while, that's just what I saw. And then the deeper I got into things, I realized that wasn't going to happen. What? What? How so? <laughs> because it just, I just wasn't good enough because to make it to the NBA. Okay. I just wasn't good enough. Okay. So for a while, that was my self-identity. That was what I um, identified with sports. That's who mm -hmm. I was in my head. So when that didn't work out when I was... 17, 18, 19, 20, I had to kind of redefine who I was as a man because sports was just it. That's who everybody knew me by. That's what, yeah. how I could get girls. That's how, mm -hmm. it's just what it was. So that three, four year phase of redefining who I was and redefining my value and knowing like, okay, that's not all you are. You mm -hmm. are also this, that, that really kind of helped me and helped me change who I am and where I'm at now. How do people do that? So meaning I think there's so many, so many people that they try to avoid the change, the mm -hmm. pivoting, the, you know, we've seen it with COVID now where so many people have had to adapt to different ways and different things, or maybe you've had a career your whole life and all of a sudden it's gone because it can be done virtually by something or even a robot or this and that. Yep. So what was the toughest part about being that, that sports player into that next phase of your life? Like what was the transition like for you and how yep. did you do it without saying, without losing respect for yourself or maybe like what you said, without, it's a change, or, or your identity is in this person, how do you shift that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I feel like you have to be motivated to do it. It stems from motivation. I feel like there's two types of motivation for individuals. There's a push motivation, and there's a pull motivation. The push motivation is something that innately just drives you to do it. You don't need any outside influences. It's just in you. You're like, you know what? Mm -hmm. That's where I'm at. I'm going to change. You're like born I, with it. I need to. I'm like, this is, I'm constantly evolving. That's just mm -hmm. who I am. So people, certain people have that. And then some people need a pool motivation. So something that just like, oh, I'm sorry, the, the pool motivation is the motivation that you were innately born with. It just pulls you okay. to constantly do it. The okay. push motivation is you need something out there to push you, whether it's a, a, accident somebody dying you you not able to play basketball anymore so you're depressed and lost like so for me i needed something to push me and it was that so for me it helps me with the transitions by always kind of finding those motivations either is this a pool motivation situation where i'm just innately just i'm gonna do it or i need something to drive me so i'm always looking for something to just push me forward you know what i mean whatever it may be so that's how i do it, you do know? you think the push is pain Sometimes it is, absolutely. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be? No, no, absolutely not. Sometimes the push motivation can be a new car. It could be generational wealth. It could be leaving a legacy, like mm. things like that. Or it could be, you know what, like, damn, I was down that for the last two or three years. Like, like I lost weight. I, my skin doesn't look good anymore. I'm 
down that with my family, like like that's enough for me to be like, okay, I have to change. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and certain people don't get to that. They're just constantly just like, nope, go, 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 go. Yeah. I'm not necessarily like that all the time. So I need to self-evaluate constantly and be like, okay, this is what it is. So That's awesome. Yeah. So you're real with yourself. I try to be as real as possible with myself. I've gotten better at that. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. We all lie to ourselves a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah. Um, what was your biggest fear at 10, yeah. 15 years old? My biggest fear, um, I had a really bad stuttering problem when I was that age. And it may seem micro now because people don't see that issue as much anymore. But when you're that age and people are teasing you and you're just in this box of your school and your friends and all of that, that's what you see. So the rest of my life, I thought I was going to talk like, like, I couldn't, like, I really couldn't speak. Like, it was so bad that, yeah, that it was just like, I got teased. I wouldn't, I told my mom, like, hey, to call every teacher and tell them, do not call on me in class so I don't have to speak in front of people. And it was really, like, self-limiting. It was, I mean, it was holding me back. Gave you no voice. It gave me, it literally gave me no voice, essentially. And it started to make me just feel like, like, who am I? So that was the scariest thing at that age because I'm like I don't know if I'll, I'll never get through this like this is who I'm gonna I'm handicapped basically so that, yeah, that was probably the scariest thing at that time so what would you say to that kid now yeah if there's that kid that has a stuttering or he's being bullied in school or she yeah what would you say if you had to go back and talk to Derek at that age yeah with who you are now what would you say to him that's a great question oh my god there, my nephew looks just like me four years old, has a stuttering problem just like me. And what I tell him is, take your time, breathe, and life is long. So the first two things are direct things that are gonna help him like fix it. Because my problem was I was just too anxious. It was like, it yeah, was yeah. just take your time, breathe. Yeah. Like those are the two things I think about now. Even when I'm also just stuttering, just there. Like even about just take your time. So those are two things I give him directly. And then the life is long type thing. Like it may seem crazy right now. It may seem the worst because you're the only person around you that's dealing with this. But life yeah. is long. You're going to get through it. It's going to pass essentially. So, yeah, that's what I'm telling him. He still looks me like I'm crazy sometimes. He's, he's super four. Young. But, yeah, he's four. But he definitely because he has a speech therapist now. That's My awesome. sister recognized this. She, I mean, we, me yeah. and her talked about it. We're only a year apart. So she grew up with me. Started me. She, yeah. She's seen it. So when he started, she knew. Automatically, like, oh nice. my god, he is, he is you. Wow, <laughs> that's me. awesome. <laughs> is there a part of that that maybe that fear that you think has helped you become who you are? Like, how has it influenced you, or yeah. whether it's a good or bad way? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that fear allowed me to recognize that if I allow something to take control of me that much, then I'm not really giving the world like my true self. I'm not being my true self. Meaning I'm not reaching my full potential. I'm not able to have the conversations I want with people. I'm not able to speak on the things I want. So for me, it's literally holding me back from reaching my full potential. And that is enough to say that's unacceptable. And I have to do everything. And I felt weak for not like just fixing it instead of hiding from it, running from it, suppressing it. Yeah. pushing it down instead of working on it pushing towards to try to get through it so i can help other people get through it you know yeah so you're this this kid that stutters you're the sports guy that then has to pivot out of that you move yeah. to nashville so here we are fast forward what five six eight years whatever mm-hmm. it is yeah 
Everyone knows you here. Mm -hmm. You built what I call an empire here. What's the biggest transition that you've had from there to here? And how did you do it? Meaning, what's the first step you would advise someone new, whether they're coming to Nashville or New York or whatever, to go all in? Because yeah. you've obviously built something great. So what's the first step you took when you got here? Yeah. Because did you know what you wanted to do then? Yeah, so I didn't know what I wanted to do then. When I got here, I knew that I wanted to be entrepreneur. I knew I wanted to start a business. Um, my father actually helped me with understanding exactly what avenue to take. He just knew me my entire life. So that's how that happened. But the first step I would say that I took and that I would tell people to take is the mindset. Is to first get your mind right. Is to know you have to have an unrealistic optimism. That's what I call it. Like, to be so optimistic that it's going to work out outside of using your arms to fly. Like mm -hmm. anything that you're gonna try, if you dedicate, if you set goals, if you set deadlines, if you start telling family members, friends, accountability partners, you do everything, it's going to work out for you. So setting my mind to that, like realizing that there are gonna be roller coaster highs, lows, people are gonna steal from you, people are gonna sue you, people are, like things are gonna happen, but that's why you're doing this, because everybody's not built for this shit. Mm -hmm. You're built for this. So mm -hmm. just realize, get your mentality to know that you've been through this. Just like basketball, take it back to basketball. Basketball is different than any other sport. You play 82 games. So Monday you may win. Tuesday night you lose. You got to recover because Wednesday night you're playing again. You got to win. You know what I mean? So wins, loss, wins, loss. So I'm used yeah. to it now. So yeah. for me, the mentality was like, that's what business is going to be like. After that, I'm looking at like, okay, cool. I already know my mind's right. Now it's time to set some goals. I'm a goal setter. Okay, so let's pause that for a second. Yeah. You said your mind's right. You now yeah. know your mind's right. What did you do to get your mind right? So let's say that's the first phase of getting to start your own business yeah. or, or whatever. Absolutely. Did you read? Did you just get someone to speak into your life? Absolutely. So all the above, first thing I did was I self-evaluated. I looked back at everything that I've been through and realized mm -hmm. what business took what entrepreneur took my father's entrepreneur had business so i was able to watch him and see it takes resilience okay it takes the ability to have vision creativity so for me looking back like all these different things i've been through i've been able to come out on top and i've been mm -hmm. able to not lose any enthusiasm along the way and that's where a lot mm -hmm. of people like theodore roosevelt said to be able to go through different obstacles but not lose any enthusiasm while you're wow. moving through you know what i mean so for me it's like if i can do that i can move through business i feel like okay. so that was a mindset. And as far as books, man, um, sitting down with a guy named Adam Will, he's one of my mentors, essentially. We sit down constantly and we're just running through just, I mean, whether it's articles that he's sending me, whether it's different quotes that he loves, whether it's different routines that we practice that it helps us maintain a great mindset, whether it's waking up, doing early morning meditation so you can evaluate and know what you want moving forward, man. It's just like the mindset thing is big for me because I realize that that's not right everything else is kind of messed up in my life. Mm. So making sure that's first. Okay. And then moving into all of your goal setting and actually the things that are going to make those dreams happen, what those dreams are. So goal okay. setting for me is the base. <laughs> nice. So you don't set the goals necessarily until you have your, your base right. Yeah. Until I have my base right. Because I mean, at the end of the day, man, the goals are pointless if I'm not... I'm wasting my time with the goals if my mind isn't already set to be like, no matter what happens, I'm going to, sounds crazy, but I'm going to die behind this. Mm -hmm. 
this. Like, mm -hmm. once you get your mind set like that, it's like the goals are easy because you're just over here, you know this shit's gonna work mm -hmm. out. But if you're like 50-50 on the fence and your, your mindset is not right, then you kinda like over here, you just half-assing it. Like, uh, I'm not really gonna invest that because I'm not, I don't know how long I'm gonna be doing this, but it's all about that commitment, man. The same thing yeah. like a relationship. Like, if you don't commit to somebody, 50%, then it's kind of like when you got these other girls over here, these things, it's like, oh, yeah, I might do it. But if you know over here, my mind is, this is mine, I'm, I'm locked in, nothing else can interfere with the mission. Nothing else can, can mess yeah. it up. So. so that's probably your secret with fitness, too. Because the one thing that I'm always fascinated by in fitness, so I try to stay pretty fit. Yeah. So meaning I run, I do some weights, this and that, but I fall off. And, there's, and then I watch guys like you who consistently year after year after year, you're just, you're doing these things and you don't stop. So what's, what's the, what's the trick behind that? What's, what's the thing that keeps you going every single morning, every single day, and you're just out there making it happen without stopping? Yeah. Well, first, first off, I don't want to compare it to you because you're obviously have a career that's not in fitness. My career is in fitness, so I don't okay. want to, you know what I mean? But at the same time, I understand exactly what you're asking, and I think it's What makes people quit? Yeah, I absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's constantly knowing what your motivation is. So I'm asking, like, what motivates you? And for me, it's right here. It's growth. Like, I, like it's right here. Like, growth. Any type of mental growth, if I'm growing physically, if I'm growing in a relationship with people, if I'm growing uh, my business, if I'm growing, like, anything where I see, like, okay, there's growth happening. That, that pushes me to go further. When I don't see growth, I get in a state of kind of just like, oh, like down in the dump. So, for me, I constantly know I need to promote growth. I need to do things that facilitate growth. So, for me, I'm always asking people, especially people that work on my team, what motivates you? What's pushing you? If you don't know, you've got to figure out what it is. Is it money? Is it having a family? Is it having the best things? Is it being happy? Is it whatever it may be? Let's figure that out so I can start pushing towards that and you can start pushing towards that. So, but if you don't know what motivates you, man, it. So is motivation fleeting? Because this is something I hear from some people. That, well, motivation yeah. comes and goes. What's, mm. what's the depth behind so, And I don't have a right absolutely. or wrong to that. But. Yeah, absolutely. Because my motivation when I started Safe Fit change within two years because it was based on a company that I previously was with that told me that I'd never be anything after that company. But two years hmm. after that happened, I had my business, I was doing well, and that company wasn't really around as much anymore. So for me, it was like, oh shit, like why am I doing this? Like I was doing this kind of, even though I wanted to do it, that motivation was kind of pushing me. So I had to search for new, and for about six months, I was lost. I wasn't going as hard anymore. I was like, uh, people I was really doing it for aren't really around. But sometimes you need that. Just I don't know if you watched yeah. the Jordan documentary, but he would create these enemies in his head before the game where, like, if he was playing against somebody, he would say, oh, this person talked about my mom or this person tried to date my girlfriend. And they never did. But it would create this intense, really competitive edge. I haven't seen it. Yeah, wow. yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's crazy. It would create this intense competitive edge that would just make him furious, we're gonna make him hate the person or hate the, mm -hmm. so I've had to start like creating certain things because it may not just be as like clear and blatant as it was before. Like you gotta sit down and search and maybe go away for a couple of days and research for it. So for me, it's like, okay, I wanna have a family now. Um, and now it's not as much about a company that did me wrong, it's more about, okay, I want generational wealth. I wanna take my family from this socioeconomic status to this socioeconomic status. I wanna make sure my children, my daughter, my sons, 
they are able to have certain things passed down to them. And now that creates a new motivation, mm-hmm. a, a more healthier motivation than it was previously. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. yeah, so it's just constantly writing, and writing it down too, not just thinking about it. Because if it's just gonna go away, you forget, you, you lose track. So writing it down, mm-hmm. putting it on your fridge, knowing that's what it is. And it will change. It should change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? otherwise you're, you're staying yeah, the same. same. same thing. Let's say, for instance, We'll use the Capitol stairs. I love running yeah. the Capitol stairs. Mm-hmm. And I know you've done stuff there. Yeah. And I think this could probably be applicable to, to business, to life, to fitness, whatever. But let's say you're on your fifth round yeah. of running the stairs. These stairs, by the way, for the people who don't know, they're long stairs. They curve. And it's not an easy task. Sure. So let's say... It's like the Great Wall of China. Yeah. <laughs> of Nashville. <laughs> of Nashville. Uh, so let's say you're on your fifth round. Yeah. Your body is telling you, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. How do you push yeah. through that? Well, so you as a yeah. trainer, what's something you tell someone? How do you, or let's say you're, I want to get in your head. Yeah. If you're hitting that wall, what is something you tell yourself to break your thought pattern? To basically, well, like you said, what Jordan, to, to basically lie to yourself. What's something you tell yourself to to get maybe another three reps, another three rounds, another yeah. whatever it is. With with that, it's for me, it's clear. It's if you don't have intentions, it goes back to intentions and goals. So if you're working out that day, right? If you're working out that week, if you have very clear goals of like this is what I'm trying to get to, this is what I'm trying to accomplish, you're gonna keep going because you're pushing towards that goal. You're not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. So you have this thing to reach towards, just like a it's like an athlete trying to win a championship. So for me, I'm working out with goals in mind. Like I'm not stopping until I hit this goal, unless I just feel like I need to stop for health reasons, whatever it may be. Right, right. For somebody that doesn't work out with a goal, somebody that's not moving with purpose or intention, it doesn't matter if they stop because there's no purpose. It's like, oh, yeah. I'll stop at yeah. four, I'll stop okay. at five, I'll stop at six. It's you know just what I mean? doing. So exactly. So for me, man, it, there has to be intention behind it. Just, I'm trying to hit 10. I'm tired at six. <sighs> Let's suck it up. Let's go. We got to hit 10. That's our goal. Like, that, like that's how, for me, that's how you do it. That's what I tell my clients. Like, there's, I'm not just having you run for attention. So I'm not just going to have you just run five, six, seven. It's like, nah, this is why we're doing it. Boom. Let's hit it type shit. So, what happens in a relationship? Let's uh-huh. say you're in a relationship and you either you are in a relationship that's unhealthy and you break it off or someone breaks it off with you and it throws you in that spiral what's the mindset behind that does it come back to goals again do you think or the intention again behind it well yeah that's actually a little different um i think with that with the relationship you're just saying basically like if a relationship doesn't work and you want it to work though you're saying Yes, and maybe by it working, it's it's working without that person. Gotcha. But I think there's something in fitness that's always fascinating about me or about you trainers is how you get people to go further than they thought they could. Gotcha. And I think some of that can tie into whether it's business. When, mm-hmm. when you think you've gone so far in business, whether your cash flow is running out or whatever, you're like, I just, I just can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Or it's a relationship. I guess what I'm saying is, is it all a mental state? Is it all a mental game? that with your thoughts on goals and the transition, is that a mental game that can be switched by just switching the goals, by changing the goals, do you think? Absolutely, absolutely. I and think the intent maybe? To, yeah, I think it'd be even like changing the topic. Like, yeah, it's my goal is to, let's say, I'm going to Florida tomorrow, right? I'm driving down to the beach, um, no Alabama Gulf Shores. So my goal is to make it there by 
this certain time, blah, 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 utilize this certain amount of money while I'm there, do, do, do. Like, for me, it's a very clear, like, goals set the boundaries, goals set the intention. It gives you a time stamp, essentially. And and those goals can be used for any situation. Same thing with a relationship. I mean, obviously, those are a little more, like, those are feelings and personal, like, people involved, so you gotta be careful with that. But, yeah, I utilize the goal system for a lot of things I do, especially mm-hmm. <laughs> relationships as well. Like, my goal in this is to make sure that this person, I have value to this person. Mm-hmm. My goal in this is to make sure that this person consistently sees that I'm not selfish or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Like, working on my ability to snap back at somebody quick. So, it's yeah. just constantly that as well. And if the situation doesn't work, at least I know that in this relationship that I was in, I got better because there was goals that I was working on. There were things that I know were positive that I were working on, and this shit might not work. Yeah, mm-hmm. it didn't work, but yeah, you, I can I can live with that though. Do you mm-hmm. write your goals? I do. I write them down every I, day. I don't write goals every single day, but I have a um, like a today's tasks every day. So I said you can call them goals, but I think the goals it's more of like a macro, like more of like a six month year, like here are my bigger goals, here are my tasks that I want to accomplish between them to help me reach my goals, mm-hmm. essentially. Those are like the tasks. Okay. Yeah. And obviously it works. I mean, for people who don't know who you are, and, and I'm sure they will find out yeah. who you are, but when you look around this city, it obviously, the goals theory you're, you're talking about obviously works because yeah. you, you build an empire. What would you say to that person to, I always like to, because when you're in one place, let's say you're out of shape, in this case, since we're talking about fitness a lot, and you want to be in shape or you want to look like, like you. I mean, you're a lean, mean machine. So, yeah. like, But that person sitting on the couch, I always like to, with this show, give people that one step. Because it's easy to say, okay, I'm out of shape. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm drinking Diet Coke, whatever. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And you know all the things you have to do to get to looking like you. But there's so many things that it's overwhelming to start. What's the first step? First step, it might be cliche, but the first step is start now. So wherever you're at, whether it's you're sitting in the cows, whether you're sitting in the office, you're laying in bed, depressed, mad, the first step is to start now. I mean, get up, stand up on your feet, stand up on your feet. That's it, stand up on your feet, get a pen, get a paper, write down, I am going to change my life, period. Post that up on your refrigerator and let's start and call my ass and let's get it. <laughs> no, but that's it, man. Like making that move by starting now, getting up on your feet, writing down, I'm going to change my life and putting that somewhere where you're holding yourself accountable and we're starting. So I say start with just walking, just start with walking. If it's something, if it's if you're more advanced and you've already, you're like, uh, I, I can go for a three mile run at least. Like, mm-hmm. da, da, da. we'll start with your three mile run, whatever it may be. But there's different fitness levels, so. But that's what it is. If it's somebody that needs to completely a shift and they've never worked out, I'm gonna change my life. Let's start with some walking and then find invest in professional help. Like, not me, not just invest in somebody that can help an online trainer, somebody that can give you online program something that can give you some type of guidance in the beginning because just like anything you don't want to start with a bad foundation mm-hmm. so bad form and mm-hmm. do things that hurt you so. yeah and yeah. how important is mentorship or trainers or yeah in, in, whether it's business fitness whatever yeah absolutely um i'll start with business i think mentorship and business is crucial like um i think 
just because somebody is older than you, though, that doesn't necessarily mean that they are your mentor and that you should take in everything that they say. I think that you should weed out Sometimes information. Sometimes it could be bad advice. Exactly, and take things that you feel that can work for you. I've been given bad advice, but again, I've been given advice that has changed the trajectory of my life, essentially, mm-hmm. through mentorship. So I am a firm believer in mentorship and accountability partners. And then in fitness, I'm a huge firm believer in mentorship. Working with trainers early on when I started, that told me, you're doing this wrong, that's not right. That's mm-hmm. disrespecting the craft of training. That's that's not how, you know what I mean? Like really showing me, laying out the way of the lamb in this industry so that when I get to this stage, I understand like, okay, I gotta respect the industry. Mm-hmm. This is what you do, this is what you don't do. So mentorship is huge, man, for sure. Those old heads kind of putting you in the game. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It, it's. I mean, I wouldn't be where I am career-wise or anywhere without well, a mentor, it, personally or whatever. How do you get people to rally for you? Yeah. I mean, people rally for you here, man. They just mm-hmm. do. They, people gravitate to you. They they trust you. I think a lot of that is because you're real. I mean, ever since I've known you, you you've been super real with me. Yeah. There's there's nothing fake about you. You're a super humble guy. What's the secret? Yeah. Shit, man. Um, I don't know. If- there's a secret. I think that people, I think people know when you believe in something. Like I truly believe in what I'm doing and I don't care who doesn't believe in it. And it's not a disrespectful thing towards Mm -hmm. them. It's just like, I'm not stopping because I truly believe we're out helping people, we're grinding and I feel like we're doing it the right way. Mm -hmm. And as far as why people may want to rally with me specifically, it's just because I feel like, again, I'll have a very unrealistic, optimistic Mm -hmm. view about things. So when you get around me, it's never like, oh, I don't think you could do that or "Mm, it's not possible or it's like, nah, we can do everything. We're going to do everything. Watch what we do next. Like, it's just the energy that I feel like the older you get as an entrepreneur, a business person, or just life wears you down, you lose that that optimism and that positive energy mm-hmm. and that whatever it may be. And like people feel that. People yeah. feel like that. So for me, I'm very conscious of making sure I'm taking care of that star player constantly, refreshing my energy, creating goals, making sure I see the vision clearly, not letting things hold me down. So that when I get around team members and people that are that haven't experienced as much as me, so they're not worn down like I, yeah. I am. I still have that energy. So I think that's where it comes from, is them seeing like, okay, this motherfucker is really doing yeah. shit. And the world wants positivity. Right. Exactly. Because there's so much negative out. Okay, so, I mean, you're super optimistic. What's your greatest fear now? Yeah. Um, what's your biggest failure and what's your greatest fear? Yeah. Today. Um, I'll start my greatest fear. My greatest fear is not reaching my full potential so going through life and looking back saying like fuck like there was like i could have reached my full potential in so many areas so like always like daily weekly evaluating like like what can i've done here to get better results what can i've done here to make myself just better essentially and that has really helped me and that's is what I want to do. And I don't know if I'll ever reach it. I don't know what it is, but yeah. I want to go for it. And as far as um, my biggest failure, not truly believing in myself sooner. I feel like I could have 
instilled that a lot more into people that were around me. Not necessarily believing in myself, but just not being as confident as I should have been. Like everybody has flaws. Everybody goes through things. Everybody is slightly insecure. Everybody's slightly confident. Everybody. So it's just like nothing matters outside of how you're treating people, what you're doing, your family members, man, and just everything else. Like it's just like you're worrying for nothing. You know, yeah. so that's what I, the older I get, the more I realize, like, what matters is your family, if you're happy, like, outside of that, man, just do good things and treat people right. Yeah, I yeah. love that. I had Josh Wilcox on here a little while back. I don't know if you know him here or not. And he said something that was pretty profound. He said, I'm sure I'm going to butcher it, but he said, the biggest moment is right now. The most important thing is the person in front of you. And the most important thing to do is be there for the person in front of you, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, be, in it's some, be in the moment, living yeah. in the moment and forgetting about what comes after we're done with this show, what comes after. Like, and I get that a lot from you. Like you're very you've always been that way. You've, you've always been very in the moment. And that's why I keep asking those questions, because you're so optimistic that somebody could look at you and say, He's just optimistic. It works for him mm-hmm. because of that. But my goal is always to show like we're all still human. Yep. And I think the most optimistic people are the people that have overcome the most. Mm-hmm. And, and whether that means by transitioning into your career field or going through the most pain or whatever. Yeah. But you finally learn like if you're not optimistic, it just doesn't serve you. Yep. And so then you almost have to become something. Yeah, man. Um, and to be honest with you, man, I believe I get my optimism from my family. I feel like being an African-American, being a black man, just period. And we're not going to get too deep down the race line, but. But so many people would take that through, as a negative. Yeah, right? yeah, and you're taking it. You're Absolutely. Never use it as a crutch. Never. Right. Like, right. Again, I blame nobody. It's nobody's fault. There's nobody just is what it is. And for me as a black man, we've had a plight over the years where we've kind of had to start from an area that was lower than our predecessors essentially Mm -hmm. so for me or our counterparts so for me it's just constantly knowing that okay yeah you may have had to start right here you may have to fight a little harder to get to where you're going but just fight just keep pushing just keep challenging yourself just keep going and it will work out so Mm -hmm. that's where i'm at man like yeah i don't like to use race as any type of crutch or anything like that but i do recognize like the, there's a difference. There's, there's a difference. So you just got to yeah. accept yeah. it, but also fight to be the change, like fight mm-hmm. to help be the change for sure, man. That's where we're at. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't, I think so many times I, I can't tell you how much time I spend thinking about, you know, some of the stuff and even recently stuff that's happened. That's to me, it just, I just want to shake people and be like, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. Type, type stuff about, about this race thing. It's like, and I, I can't fathom. I, that's why I have so much respect for you. There's a couple other um, you know, African-American people I know that are some of the most positive people. And I'm just like, you guys have had so much of a harder time that I can't put myself in there. Like I don't, if I was treated, like I've seen stories on the news or whatever, being treated if I was mm-hmm. an African-American and I got pulled over. I would have a lot of fear. Yeah. And I'm not saying that all, and, and like you said, I don't want to dive too much into that, but I just want to say that to say is yeah. you guys have overcome even more stuff than some of us have had to. And I think it's a great injustice to humanity in itself. And we, we have to do better. We, ha- we absolutely mm-hmm. have to do better. And, just and we, like will. That, we will. We will. For we sure. Will. For sure. There's no other way. Yeah. yeah. We will. I love that. Um, if you could write the perfect ideal life for yourself, what would it look like? 
Right now, being in the moment, doing exactly what I'm floating around and kind of living a life that is created in a way that just, I don't have to really do anything because I've put the work in early on that has granted me the ability to be as flexible as possible. And that always says, you do what you gotta do so you can do what you wanna do. And, I always, and I've always seen that as like a larger play, like to do what you gotta do now, so later you can do exactly what you wanna do and nice. use that time to, yeah, be free, man. I like that. Yeah. Okay, so if you were put on a world stage and you had mm-hmm. five minutes, mm-hmm. the entire world's watching, yeah. you're Derek Phillips, you've got five minutes to talk to the world, yeah. to give him something <laughs> that when you walk off that stage, that's how you're going to be remembered by. What would you say? Yeah, I would say I would probably start with letting people know that I hope that they never lose that childlike enthusiasm, that, that childlike optimism. That's my word. The, the childlike love for life. Like the, the thing that when you were a kid, you thought anything was possible. The idea that freaking you wake up and you just just happy because you're not worried about your bills. You're not worried about somebody just broke up with you and mm-hmm. dating somebody. They're dating somebody else now. And like the things in your life now that are so just dream you down. Mm-hmm. Going back to that childlike mentality and just understanding that no matter what, like everything is still at your call. Like you do whatever you want to do. Um, yeah, and that like it seems just like unrealistic to some certain people because of how much life has hit them with whether the children, whether it was deaths, disease, whatever it may be, life hits you so hard that you just forget. You never can go back to that again. And for me, I constantly try to go back to the idea that people are great. Life is amazing. Like things, you know what I mean? That's when I used to write notes and pass notes before cell phones. Like I'm 31, so really? I'm a little older and all that. You know what I mean? You so pass like, notes to people? Yeah, pass notes back in really? the day, man. Yeah, that was before cell phones. You didn't to text. strangers? No, to people in class, the girls oh, in okay. class. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the love life. The love life, yeah, man. So, yeah. That's, that's awesome. what I would go, man. That's what I would go, man. Yeah, I wouldn't tell people about, I wouldn't talk to people about money. I wouldn't talk to people about career it would be just just get that child find search for that child like fucking energy man like i love that's that it, man and whatever that is for you well yeah whatever, whatever that is because it it's different for everyone maybe it's hobbies that you used to do that you just suppressed or or things you like to do that you suppressed because you got in a relationship with somebody and they told you that wasn't cool or you went to a school and it made you conform to this person or you moved to a specific city and you transform to this person that's not really you anymore, but look really looking in the mirror and diving in and saying like, damn, like, like, who am I? Like, mm-hmm. who was I? Like, you know, and a lot of people can't look in the mirror and really see themselves anymore. And yeah. I want to always be able to look in the mirror, go home to my parents, no matter what, where I've been in the world for how many years and come back and never be a shell of myself. Always look and be yep, the same old D, enthusiastic, positive, making sure that if they need anything, I got them type of stuff. So. You mentioned your family a lot. How yeah. big a part of your success did it come from the belief that your family has in you? My success is, is hugely associated with my family because there's a lot of character traits that I take on from my family. Like my mom, she doesn't take any shit. She's very like, um, she can pick the BS from a mile away. She mm-hmm. can um, read energy very well. She'll let me know, like, D, that, that person's not for you, D. I love wow. this person, D. So for me, I, I picked up on that. So being able to do that in business is huge. My dad, 
is an entrepreneur. He's the most social person I've ever met in my life. A networker, really? being able to communicate with everybody. So taking that, um, my sister, she's just a go, go, go hustler, go get her. We grew up in the same room next to each other. So we just have that same energy. So my family, man, taking those traits from them and incorporating it into my life. And then their support. My parents never pressured me to be anything that they wanted me to be. They always wanted me to be happy. Happiness mm-hmm. was always a big word with them. Happiness, happiness, like making sure you're happy. D, are you happy? Are you wow. doing this? Are you happy? So for me, it's like I was always searching for happiness, not their happiness. I was always searching for what made me happy, essentially. And then being able to have that support, even when the college thing didn't go the way they wanted it to go, to be able to still have their support and them to still be confident in me and then to still know that I will figure it out. Was right. Huge. So, right. That's yeah. incredible. Okay, I'm, I've got one more question. If you, okay. if you could talk to anyone in the world and ask them any one question, what would it be? Yeah, I would. My grandma, um, she passed away about a year and a half ago. She's right here. Tattooed and you have a tattoo arm. on your arm. They have two tattoos on my arm. Her name's my mom. Um, I got this when she was alive, um, probably about eight years ago. I was young. And then I got this when she passed away. Right here, she was a huge influence in my life. And um, her energy was infectious. She was kind of this cornerstone rocket family. Essentially, and I would just ask her, is she proud? A lot of things I do, I think about her. She always clapped and cheered for things that I did when I was growing up and was always um, just a big cheerleader, support system, great energy. And it's it's um, sad that she can't be here to see a lot of the great things that are happening. But again, I keep her like very close and make sure that yeah, I, I would just want to know, like, yo, I think she's still going on. Yeah, hopefully she's still looking down and all that. But. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I would ask for sure. <laughs> but again, family matters. Yeah. That's what really matters. I don't really, anybody else. Eh. I love yeah. that about you. You, yeah. you talk a lot about family. I'm going to turn that question on you now. Are you yeah. proud? Am I proud? Are you proud of what you've built? Um, yes, I am proud. Um, I'm more fulfilled than yeah. proud. Yeah, I've been, for a while, I was searching for fulfillment. Like, mm. And I'm proud that I found that. Like, I found, because it was, it was a lot of holes I just didn't know, like, what am I going to do with my life, you know? Yeah. So I'm proud, definitely. What's the difference in happiness and fulfillment? Well, that's a great question, man. I've learned that with fulfillment doesn't necessarily come happiness. Happiness is something totally different. But for a while, fulfillment brought me happiness. But mm-hmm. now it's taking more than just fulfillment of business, essentially. It was fulfillment of business career, fulfillment mm. of career. Once I get a grip on that, because I never have it, just like any business can be taken away, can be whatever. So I'm, I'm never content or say I have it, but I've got this somewhat in order. So for me, fulfillment and spiritually, so um, just understanding kind of who I am spiritually, I need more fulfillment in that area. Um, whether it's a romance relationship, like I've been in a lot of relationships, like just making sure that I'm fulfilled in that. So yeah, I'm, I'm noticing that it's not just about the business. And for a while, I, I defined myself by my business. So The business could go and you'd still have a fulfillment. Exactly. Because you know you could go right back to that. Exactly. exactly. I love that. Man, yeah. And business defined it. Like it was only, mm-hmm. if the business was good, I'm good. Yeah. If it's not yeah. good, I'm not good. I've been and there. I got to get, I had to get away from mm-hmm. that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. How do you get away from that? <laughs> that is fucking hard, man. It's hard. <laughs> fucking give up equity. You make somebody else. Make somebody else. <laughs> uh, but you don't want to get too much of that away. So you, yeah. yeah, man. It's just 
I don't know. I think to be honest with you, what it is is just getting older in business. Because the 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 newer it is, the more it's your baby, just like a mother. You know what I mean? She's more like protective mm-hmm. of it. But the older it gets, I think you you like let it go play at his friend's house a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can go to the beach for for four or five days and, and not check in with grandma. Like, hey, how's mm-hmm. how's the business? You know what I mean? So I think just getting older and mature mm-hmm. and more confident and knowing that hey, like other people can handle things like. Yeah, I like to think sometimes too in that regard is once you once you lose the fear of losing the business, yep. losing the identity, mm-hmm. once you just you don't fear that anymore, mm-hmm. it completely goes away because you realize that let's say that does go and the identity goes with it or whatever, you're still gonna be okay because you've right. created this monster you are and you can create another one. Mm. <laughs> you got that so, right, bro. That and it takes you a while to realize that. Yeah, confidently. Yeah, yeah, you know for real. I could do this shit anyway. Yep. yep. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, we're coming up on our time, but man, this has been really good. Let me ask you real quick. Why do you do this podcast? Like, why are you doing this? Like, what's your goal? I do the interview here. <laughs> one, one question. No, what's your goal? No. Um, my goal with this is that I think there's so many people that quit before, like what you said, their full potential. Um, and they quit because whether it's business, whether it's it's a relationship, whether it's life, whether it's they give up on themselves. I think people, a lot of times people quit because they feel like the person that they're looking up to, that they're watching, just has something that they don't. That there's something in that person, whether it's a gift or whether it's a, a just more durability, more, uh, I don't know what the word would be, but they just have something that they don't and they feel like they can never get that. And so I was like, well, how can, because I've been, I've felt that myself. And then as soon as I realized I was the person on the platform that other people were mm. thinking that about me, and I'm, I'm not going to allow that to happen because if I can do it, then anyone can do it because I'm not special in any way. I mean, hell, I started, you know, with nothing and I've lost a business and then started again and this mm. and that and, and pivoted and adapted. And I was like, there's nothing special mm. about me that makes me be able to do something that, that someone else may have just filled at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I try to humanize everyone and put it on a platform to where people say, you know what, I may not look like Derek now in my fitness, but I've had the same feelings and the challenges that he's had. So I know that there's hope for me Definitely, because we all share those those thoughts and the challenges. It's not just for me. And so you that's, go that's through it so I can grow through it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we don't all have to have to share the same pain, exactly. but we can learn. We from can each learn other. from each other. Yeah. Pain. I can go through it, and we can. T- yeah, so that's, that's what, real, bro. So I'm doing it. Yep. Yeah. And I'm getting smart enough to know, like, listen when people tell you they've gone through something. Because I used to be stubborn. I used to have to go through things on my own. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Old used to yeah. tell me that. I'm like, all right, man. Then I go through. I'm like, oh, like, they did tell me that. now. Yeah. 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 So I'm getting smart enough to know this. Like, just listen. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're all in it together. Yeah. Like we, we really are. And, exactly. and people tend to put themselves in a box and separate mm-hmm. themselves from yeah. from everyone else. But but we're all in this together. You know. I got one more question. This isn't like. Yeah. No. No. Go ahead. It is about this stuff. But how do you how do you not compare yourself to? I guess because I don't know who your competition is essentially like I know who my competition is whether it's a company in Florida whether it's a trainer in the city whether it's an entrepreneur in Texas mm-hmm. like how do you not compare yourself or do you compare yourself and how does that affect your confidence so in my industry for one whether it's in, in my consulting or whether it's in my brick and more businesses is a commercial roofer I'm a 
contractor in that regard, I guess. So I think, and I, I 100% feel this way and with everything in me, mm-hmm. if, if I lose that deal mm-hmm. to my competitor, they've made the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Or I have filled that client in. So the way I, I approach it, I guess, to, to simplify this is you call me. Yeah. You, you have a problem. Maybe, maybe you have a leak in, and it's leaking into your office or you've got water in it. That's, that's your pain. Yeah. My job is to relieve your pain. Yeah. So if I can listen to you well enough to then give you an option that relieves your pain and makes you feel heard and understood, mm-hmm. I've done my job and I'll yes. go do my job. If I lose to that, that means I wasn't listening enough. I was pressure. I was putting too much of my own desires on you mm-hmm. instead of giving you what you wanted, and so then I've done you an injustice. So I typically believe when I lose a deal that they have made the wrong choice, but it's it's me that has to get better. Mm-hmm. So I I just think I'm better than than my competitors. Every Absolutely. one of them. I really do, and I don't mean that in a cocky way, but no, I 100 percent believe that I'm better, mm-hmm. and so. If someone gets in my way, I, I eat them for snack. Absolutely. So I, I just do. I, I will, you know, it's, I, I think, and I've had more success. I used to be the nice guy in business mm-hmm. where it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And, and I'm not saying you have to be a, a jerk. I'm saying be completely transparent, be completely honest, be uh, have ethics and have morals mm-hmm. and treat everyone like you but would want to be wolf. treated. <clears throat> but you have to be a wolf in a sense. You have to go out there and you have to. And the other thing I do is I, I, I'm going to outwork every one of them. Yep. I worked on the whole Memorial Day weekend. All my competitors were playing. Yep. And, and that's just part of it. And that's, that's how I see. I don't see them as competition. I just see them as little pebbles in the road. Absolutely. That's how I see it too. Yeah. I like and that. I actually, I'm, I love that you asked that because I was mm-hmm. going to ask you that earlier. Yep. Uh, and we kind of got into another road, but. Because that's a yeah. tough industry. Exactly. You're in a tough, a tough industry. industry. It's a saturated industry. Yeah, very so for saturated. Me, to stand out and to be able to constantly figure out new ways to stand out, to stay competitive, to keep your name relevant, to do things that make like year after year to do things. It's a, it's a tough industry. And I feel like that. So mm-hmm. I think that's part of the reason because I walk around with the mentality that yeah. I feel like I'm the best. Mm-hmm. And I really like a lot of trainers, man, like. I played college ball. I've been trained by like some of the guys. I've done it my whole life. A lot of them kind of were never athletes. Were never involved mm-hmm. in that. They just picked up the weights kind of when they were like, "I'm gonna try this kind of thing." So for me, mm-hmm. I feel like I was kind of born into this shit, you know? So, yeah, yeah. It's just that confidence, man. But you're right. That's and all you got. It. That was it. And you got. It. <laughs> and your results are showing in town. <laughs> but Mel, so how can people? Um, Follow you, support you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Where do we, where do we, we find you online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we actually just created um, a very, very cool live platform. So we do over 50 live classes a week from yoga, wow. boxing, whatever. You can, um, I'll give you the link and you can send it out to yeah, we'll put it in the show first notes. 10, 15 people that yeah. sign up for this. We'll give them okay. free access to yeah, the yeah. link. Oh, really? Any classes as you exactly. Dude, like. it's amazing. Get people subscribed in, whatever. We'll give you that link. Remember, I said that too. Okay. Um, and you can reach me Instagram Body by Billups Instagram um, City B-I-L-L-U-P-S B-I-L-L-U-P-S yeah. Okay. and then um, yeah guys just yeah, follow us and follow the journey and we appreciate you guys that's all just being appreciative and being grateful that's it Man, I appreciate you coming on and doing the show. We're going to cut the show here but yeah it's, it's uh, no days here. off no days off <laughs> there you go Thanks again for tuning in to The Ultimate Shift. Look, I know life is crazy. Life gets busy. 
and we all kind of have an idea of where we want to go and where we want to end up, but there's so many things that come up in between. And my goal with this show is to grab one thing from every guest that we can apply to our lives that help get us closer to our end goal. You can follow me on Instagram at Ephraim Glick, Facebook at Ephraim Glick, Twitter at Glick Ephraim, or you can go to the website at EphraimGlick.com. See you next time.